So I'm going to ask you all to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3 this morning. And this is really, the students have heard a lot of preaching this week. Um, and the kids I know are about to hear a lot of preaching uh, this upcoming week. So that doesn't mean that for kids and students, this is for you to just check out and uh, scroll through Instagram, Instagram right now. You just kind of stay plugged in. Um, but I want to really gear this message towards the older generation, the parents, the grandparents, the adults in this room, and what this looks like for us when God speaks to the next generation. So in 1 Samuel 3, we'll see that the nation of Israel is in a tough spot. Worship of God has not been taken seriously. The priest, the spiritual leader, Eli, was allowing sin to take place, and the Lord was not going to turn a blind eye to it. And at the same time, Samuel has been brought in by his mother, dedicated to serve the Lord in the house of God. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1 is where we'll start. It says, The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, meaning it was rare. God's words, him speaking, was not very prevalent right now in this time period. And it came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of God went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord call, then the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I call not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down again. So what's happening here is God himself is audibly speaking to Samuel because that's the way he chose to do it in this day and age. Samuel does not understand who's calling him. He thinks he's, it's Eli, and he runs back to Eli. Verse 7, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And so we see as Samuel did not realize this, he's running to Eli. Eli is saying, I did not call you. I don't, what are you talking about? You're hearing things, you're having a dream. Go back to bed. It's the middle of the night. How many of you parents have ever had to deal with that? Okay, go back to bed. I didn't call you. Uh, go back to sleep. Okay, so he's doing this repeatedly. Then Samuel comes up and it finally clicks with Eli. Look over in verse uh, 10. And the Lord came and stood, and called as unto other times, because Eli, I'm sorry, go back um, in verse 9, therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he shall call thee, he's realizing that God is the one speaking to him, that thou shalt say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and verse 10, and the Lord came and stood, and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, then Samuel answered, speak, for thy servant heareth. We're going to just very briefly this morning just dive into this and what is the responsibility for the older generation or how can we react when, when God speaks to a new generation? When God speaks to a new generation. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the time that you have given me and our adult leaders with our students this week. God, we know that you have started a revival fire in their hearts you're not finished, and you're not finished as the kids head off to camp this week. God, we ask that you would prepare those of us, adults, parents, grandparents who are pouring into their lives, help us to be right there with them, encouraging them. Help us to respond in a way that glorifies you when God speaks to this new generation. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now, what 
the message that God is giving Samuel here, as we're going to see in this passage, it is a hard pill to swallow. Because what's happening, God's, God's word for Samuel is actually that he was finished with Eli and he was going to use him instead. He was finished with Eli because of unrepentant sin, and he was going to use Samuel. He was going to turn away from this older generation, and he was going to speak to and use a new generation. Now, the good news for us is that God is not finished with the older generation. He is not finished with parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts or aunts, however you say that. He desires to speak to the older generation as well as the younger generation. Peter quotes from the book of Joel in his sermon on Pentecost in Acts 2. You don't have to turn there, but in verse 17, and we've heard this before, and it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord. And verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now we've heard this preached before. We know this, that God is not finished with older and younger generations. And in this uh, passage, what we see is that young or old men or women, God is going to be speaking to all until Jesus Christ returns. He is not finished until Jesus returns. And the work that he's doing, the speaking that he is doing, his entire mission is this gospel mission of drawing a lost world to himself through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are separated from God because of our sin, and God desires to bring us back into a relationship with him. Every single human being, there is not one single human that God desires to, to burn in hell. He desires that all would come to repentance, and so he ha- sends his son to die on the cross for our sins, and since Jesus ascended to heaven and until he comes back again, he is in the business of drawing the lost back into the presence of God. This is God's work. And so he's doing this through the older generations and he's doing this through the younger generation. So based on that truth, I just want to share four practical things we can gather from 1 Samuel chapter 3 when God speaks to a new generation. Number one, when God speaks to a new generation, it may be unexpected. It may be unexpected. Look with me back in verse 1 of 1 Samuel chapter 3. It says, And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision, meaning it was unexpected. Look down in verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. It was unexpected. No one could see this coming, that God would choose young Samuel, just a child, at this point in history and at this point in his life. The timing of this was unexpected, and the person who would be hearing from God was unexpected. It wasn't expected by Samuel or by Eli. While God knew it was coming, they did not. And when God speaks still today, he often speaks to the most unexpected 
or unlikely of people, and he does it at the most unexpected times. So what does that mean? That means there are people in your life, in your life maybe children, maybe grandchildren, that you think are too far gone, that you understand they are far from God right now. And what God's word shows us time and time again, no one, no one, no one is too far away from the grace of God. No one is too far, no one's life is too far gone where they cannot experience the life-changing power of the gospel. God can still speak to anyone. So let that be an encouragement to you if you have kids or grandkids or nieces or nephews or people you love that are far from God. Don't ever get to a point where you think that they are so far gone where God cannot speak to them. God is in the business of speaking to the most unlikely of people and using them for his glory. I am reminded every time I go back to the church and the school that I grew up in the great state of Michigan that uh, God uh, used, God spoke to me and I am the most unlikely or an unexpected people that God would ever use or speak to. And this week I was reminded, I have, there's a story that Katie gets annoyed with every time it's shared because every time I go back to the church I grew up at, my first grade teacher or any leader in the church will say, hey, when Chuck was in first grade, the teacher told the entire class that, hey, I'm going to give you a grade based on behavior. I have to step out of the classroom here in a little bit. If you all are well behaved, then I'm going to give you an A, but if you're poorly behaved, I'm going to give you an F. Okay, I don't know how that worked. I don't know why they would do that to a room full of first graders. That's a disaster waiting to happen. But I don't know what came in me, but I felt prompted at that moment after she exited the classroom to stand on my desk and lead the class in a chant of, we want an F. We want an F. <laughs> and I don't understand it. I don't get it. I was reminded of this this week because my oldest sister, Bridget, shared this with her daughter, my niece, Colleen, who's like seven or eight, and she's like, Uncle Chuck, I don't understand. Why did you do this? Why did you want an F? Didn't you ever want to go to college? Like, what is your thoughts? And I'm like, okay, and then I'm having to share now. I did a lot of stupid things, many stupid things. It didn't end in first grade. It continued through my life. I still do stupid things. And I tell you, when I was sharing with, with I was with the, the senior guys this morning, when I began to share with them, those of them who were sharing, how could God still speak to me? Those of them who were doubting, am I too far gone? I was able to share with them, hey, I am the most unlikely of people that God would use, the most unexpected. The only reason that God has spoken to me or that I'm here is by the grace of God. And all of you can testify who God has saved, that you can look back in your past and in your life and say that I am the most unlikely, un unexpected of recipients of, of experiencing the grace of God and having him speak to me. But that's what God is in the business of doing. When God speaks to a new generation, it may be unexpected. It may be in the most unexpected of times, at the most unexpected, in the most unexpected person. So when we begin to see, parents, when we begin to see especially a work in a younger generation and in our kids and we see a, a change in them, we can't think, and it's easy to do in the back of our minds, think, oh, well, Dad, I, you, don't, you don't have to live with this kid every day, Pastor Chuck. You don't see what, what this person's like and what they've done and experienced. Remember 
that God's grace is for everyone, and he delights and loves to, to use the most unexpected and unlikely people, because that's when he gets the most glory. So just celebrate that God stepped in and moved. Be praying and anticipating that God can still move. So parents, there may be changes in your student's schedule or your kid's schedule, their goals, their desires or attitude. Don't let that scare you. It's so easy to be cynical. Don't be, but celebrate and value that God is speaking to the next generation. He is not finished. He's not finished with our students even after camp. There is still work that God is doing and speaking to the next generation, and it is often unexpected. Number two, when God speaks to a new generation, it may be uncomfortable. It may be uncomfortable. Look in verse 11. This is a heavy word from the Lord that Samuel, keep in mind, Samuel, a child, is hearing about his uh, pretty much adopted father and spiritual mentor. Look in verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth, because his sons made themselves vile, and he restrained them not. And therefore I have sworn unto the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be purged with sacrifice nor offering forever. This is a heavy, uncomfortable word of judgment from God that God had warned Eli about in the past. It was a continual warning that God was giving him, giving chances, and Eli was ignoring the voice of God. And so God was speaking to someone else now. God was speaking someone to else, and this word was heavy. And when God speaks to us, it can be uncomfortable. When God speaks to us, God gets to the root of the issue. He does not deal with just surface level only things. He gets deep. And if I can tell you one thing, that this past week of camp for us got deep. It was not surface level. And that can be emotionally draining. It can also be extremely uncomfortable. God may be uh, convicting students or kids of sin that their parents or their grandparents have either overlooked or been unaware of. He may be using uh, your student, though, get this, he may be using your kid, your child, your grandchild to change your family. He may be using your own kid or the testimonies of these students of a younger generation to draw you to yourself. God may be using the next generation to tell you something as an older one. There's things that I'm reminded of, and I'm encouraged by, by these students younger than me of something God is doing in their lives, and I'm under, I'm under conviction. I'm seeing God. God is revealing something. Now, especially, side note for the students, this does not mean that you are to come in, throw your Bible at your parents to straighten them out. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But why is this uncomfortable? Why does it have to be uncomfortable when God speaks? Because God's gospel work in drawing the lost to himself means he confronts us in our sin. He confronts us in our sin. He opens our eyes to how sinful we are and how desperate we are for his grace. And so when we, when we realize this, that this uncomfortableness about our sin, when that's brought up, it's uncomfortable temporarily. 
for the sole purpose of restoring us to a relationship with God. So I want you to think about those moments in your life, those hard moments spiritually in your lives. Maybe you remember and you were here back when Life Action came and did that revival conference and they got deep. Maybe it was in a, in a service or in the time when you were just open with the word of God and the word of God was doing what it does, which is up. Uh, being the sword of the spirit piercing into our hearts, or it was a mirror that made us see exactly who we, who we were. Or maybe it was in a revival or a camp, and God began to speak to you, and that was uncomfortable because he revealed sin. He showed us what we were really dealing with. Those are hard, but God doesn't do that just to make us feel awful. He doesn't do it just to suck the fun or the joy out of our lives. He does that because he is not a surface-level God. He gets deep. His word truly is uh, the, the, sword of the sword of the Spirit that pierces to our hearts and reveals who we truly are. That's what it does, and it's for the purpose of restoring us back into the joyful presence of God. There is no greater peace in life that we could ever experience than it being close with God, fully unconfessing our sin and opening up everything before him. And though that is hard, though that is uncomfortable, and though God may be doing that in future generations and it makes you uncomfortable, realize that it is not just to make things hard or awkward. It is to bring us back into the presence of God where we can experience his joy. So when God speaks to a new generation, it may be unexpected. It may be uncomfortable. Number three, when God speaks to a new generation, we must be unafraid to share and listen. We must be unafraid to share and listen. Look in verse 15 of 1 Samuel 3. It says, And Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. Remember, he just got this really, really hard word from God. And Samuel feared to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, and he answered, here am I. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said unto thee? I pray thee, hide it not from me. God, do so to thee and more also, if thou hide anything from me, all of the things that he said unto thee. And Samuel told him everything. Samuel told him every wit, it says, and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do, this is Eli, let him do what seemeth him good. Now, Samuel was afraid to share what God had spoken to him about. And I realized that this was probably rightly so, since this was a hard word of God from somebody that basically was a spiritual mentor in his life. But the next generation can often feel afraid to share what God is speaking to them about. It can be very hard to be vulnerable and open to share what God is doing in your life. And I'm not just talking about sin issues. I'm just talking about what God is teaching you. What is a word from God? What is something God is showing you? What is a struggle you have? What is a prayer that you have been bringing before the throne of God? But I'm talking about those conversations, sharing what God is doing. And just like our church is to be a safe space where questions can be brought about in the right setting, it is a safe space where we should be comfortable to share what God is teaching us and showing us from his word. And we know that this is one of the ways that God speaks to us is through the church. And at the same time, our homes should be safe spaces where we share openly what God is teaching and showing us. This should be the norm, not a weird or awkward or rare 
conversation. And I realize this, this can be something that we, you could be a Christian your entire life, and it is just something, and I know this because this is where I was. There were friends and family members I had, and we could talk about anything and everything, our favorite TV shows, sports, anything uh, that was a small talk. But then when it got to spiritual matters, I was a Christian. I loved Jesus. I even spent time with him, but it was just awkward for me to talk to anyone about him. And I'm talking people I loved and was close with. And maybe you felt that way. You're just like, man, I've, I've tried talking with my kids or my grandkids or kids I've talked, tried talking with my parents or my friends about spiritual things, and it's just hard. It's just awkward. And this is something that will be awkward at first if it's not a habit. But over time, it can be something that comes natural. When I got a job waiting tables at Cracker Barrel through college, and I had to quickly realize that being a server, if you've ever been in food service, especially, especially waiting tables, you know you have, to be, you have to get pretty good at like small talk. You have to be good at having conversations, whether you talk about the weather, whatever it is. And that can be awkward if you're not used to that. And for me, as a uh, 19-year-old or 18-year-old guy starting there, um, I'm not throwing shade at anyone, but most of the customers at Cracker Barrel are an older generation. Let's just say that, okay? They are. That was what I dealt with. And I remember I was working the day shift. Um, there was, uh, there was often there was no one under the age of 60 that I was waiting on, okay? That was just it. But that was my, that was my life, day in and day out. And I'm like, I mean, I'm, I love my grandparents. I love older generations in my church, but I'm just not used to talking with older generations. But guess what? I was forced to be in that situation. And over time, I began to love the conversations that I had with people I worked with who were an older generation. No, they did not know what was the latest craze on social media. No, they did not know what the kids were talking about these days. No, they probably were, used outdated words like groovy or, um, or hip or anything that I use now. Like, no, that, that's, yes, there may be a disconnect there, but the wisdom that, they, that I would have and the things I would learn of these older generations made me love that, made me just be thrilled to be able to have these conversations with older generations. And then it led to the point where these are ones that I'm spending time with, these customers who are old enough to be my grandparents, spending time with them outside of work because of the relationships that had been built. And it was awkward at first. It was uncomfortable. But there is awesome things God does that may be uncomfortable at first. But when we move past that and conversations begin to open up between generations. It's a beautiful thing. And this is a responsibility for older and younger generations. So how can we as parents, grandparents, or members of church find that out? How can we find out what things are happening in the new generation's life? How can we find out what God is speaking to them about? All we can do is ask. Ask them questions. Ask these students what God is teaching them. Even if you might not get a great positive response right away, ask your kids, what is something God is teaching you? What is something he taught you in the word today? What is something that you're struggling with? Ask these questions. Ask what God is convicting them about, what they are seeking, seeking him for. This is a key. We've got to normalize these conversations about God in our home and in our church. It's awkward at first, but they can be normalized. And get this, look at this awesome reality that Samuel's affirmation from Eli, remember Eli told him, share everything, don't hold anything back. 
Give me the hard stuff. Give me the uncomfortable stuff. Do, just don't leave anything out from what God said to you. God said, and Samuel did this, and then it set a precedent for him to follow. Look in verse 19. And Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and did let none of his words fall to the ground. Samuel did not shy away from sharing to everyone what God had said. So parents, imagine the foundation that is set when your kids feel more comfortable talking about the relationship with God with you. Think about how your conversations with your kids, with your grandkids, with nieces and nephews, or even with just a younger generation in the church, think about how that helps them when you normalize conversations about what God is doing in our lives, what God is doing in their lives. Imagine the foundation is set Because if they aren't comfortable talking about the things of God in their home, how can we expect them to share it at school with the lost? If they aren't comfortable, if we, uh, if they aren't comfortable sharing uh, the things of God with their own families now, how can we expect them to share and pour the love of God into their families when they have a family of their own? We are setting a precedent. We are normalizing conversations about God. And even though it doesn't seem like much, there are generation-changing things that can happen when we just have something as simple of a conversation about, hey, what is God doing in your life? And this isn't just limited to families. And can I have that um, picture of that next picture I gave you all of our adult leaders from camp? Um, up on the screen. This is uh, the 18 adults we had um, come with us. I don't think, I don't see Ronnie in there. Ronnie Myers was with us as well. Um, It was incredible to see God use these adults pour into the lives of our students. So what we did is we had 100 teenagers. That's a lot to keep track of. And so what we did uh, to spread the influences. Every one of these adults had a group of about six to eight or so students that they were mentoring, that they were ministering to. And all throughout the day at camp, what happened was God was pouring in, God was speaking to these students. He was speaking to them even through something as simple as the recreation time. There was a gospel hook and an application. There was Bible studies that they were in throughout the day. They were in cert- multiple services. They were in worship. God was speaking all day to them. And what happens a lot of times is God speaks and we just keep it all in. And we don't share. And the most, the sweetest, most powerful times each evening was this carved out time at the end of the day where we were with our churches. And a lot what happened in these moments was these adults would just ask these students, hey, what's God speaking to you about? What are you dealing with? What, share something that God is doing in your life. And the joy that filled that room, the presence of God that filled that room from just conversations about what God was doing sparked incredible revival and a move of God. And we think it's something as simple as a conversation. And I don't want to get into details of, of this specific um, situation, but there was one specific student who was deeply struggling with the separation of his parents and bitterness of that separation and struggling with that and holding on to that. And that was something he deeply struggled with. Well, God, in his amazing sovereign goodness, put this exact student in a group with an adult who faced the exact same thing as a child, 
who dealt with that, who dealt with that raw pain and emotion. As we were talking with this, with this adult, they said, this is something I haven't even thought about for years since I was a kid. And those emotions are coming back, but I'm thinking about what God did in my life and how he brought me through that. And an incredible thing, and there was even no prior relationship with this adult and this student uh, that, that was deep, but God opened and softened this student's heart. Because they began to see when they shared and were open about what God was doing in their life, they see, hey, there's a previous generation that's been here before. There are older people in this church, this isn't even a parent, who has dealt with pain and loss, and this is how God brought them through. And when we think something as, as, tr- as simple as that, we don't realize the lasting and eternal impact that can be when we begin to normalize conversations about God. And we can see that when God speaks to a new generation, it requires, it requires uh, un, unashamed, or it requires un, us to be unafraid to share and to listen. And last, when God speaks to a new generation, it undoubtedly requires humility. It undoubtedly requires humility. And just look at that verse 18, if you will. And Samuel told him every, everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seemeth him good. Eli got this hard word after he asked him to share everything, and we see humility in both Samuel and Eli. See, there's this pompous, arrogant, prideful spirit that can creep in anytime God speaks with both parties. Samuel could get puffed up with pride that God is now speaking to him instead of Eli. And he was going to get the opportunity to correct someone older with him. Samuel could have gotten that pride, but we don't see it at all. We see him grieving over this word from God that he had to share. Eli could let his pride take over and angrily resist Samuel's word from the Lord. He could say, who are you talking to me? God didn't speak to you. You're just a kid. Get away from me. Eli could have had that pride, but we don't see that. And we see this, not even the church, this happens in our culture. We see this pride and this arrogance that comes about when when there is an, an awakening or an opening to something. For example, younger generations of the past look at the sin and mishandlings and evil actions of previous generations that were tolerated in the church and in society. And with no grace, they will condemn and cancel older generations. But at the same time, they can do this with not, without acknowledging the reality that generations younger than them, generations yet to be born, are going to be doing the exact same thing to them. C.S. Lewis calls this chronological snobbery. When we think that uh, just because we have become made aware of something that is wrong and is sinful, that we have this new light and we can tell everyone what to do and they, they have absolutely nothing they can offer. And it's pride. But just like pride can lead to that, pride can also be in older generations of not even being open what God is actually doing in younger generations. Here's what the bottom line. Older generations, the younger generations need you. They need you to pour into them. They need to hear what God's done in their life. They need to hear how he has shown himself to be faithful to you. They need to hear your story. They need to hear uh, the open and even some raw things that have happened in your past that God has brought you, brought you from. But students and younger generation, even those on your phone right now, God is wanting to speak to you through the older generation. 
God is wanting to use the older generation to guide you. He is wanting to use the older generation to share their life experiences. And if we only stay in our own group, in our own um, age group, with our own clique, and we don't reach out, we are missing out on what they have to offer. So kids, students, you need to invite your parents on your team. You need to invite your parents on your team for you in your spiritual growth. You need them in your life. God is speaking to you and at work, and you need to share that with older generations, but don't think just because God's speaking to you that he's not speaking to the older generation because he's speaking to all. Let's praise him for that. Let's not stand off to the side and go back to business as usual. Let's value that God is speaking to the next generation, and that's more valuable than any trophy in their room or any other accomplishment because it's the only thing that will last. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we thank you that you are not done. You are still speaking to the next generation. And because of that, there's responsibilities for both. There's responsibility for the younger generation to seek after the wisdom of the older, to invite them on their team, to share with them openly what God is doing. But at the same time, God, for the older generations, you are not finished with them. You are not finished with us. And we praise you that you are still speaking. We ask that you would move in Christ's name.